It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best, and uh, yeah, practice. We talking about <laughs> practice. That's what happens when we don't have a game to rant about, though. We we don't have a game to rant about, but there's still plenty to discuss. Oh yeah, I mean, with what we've seen over the last few uh, series, we 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 have plenty of ammunition. The things we have seen. Yeah, oh. that's not even with a good tone either. It's no, new, 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 the National Predators did practice. They had a, a scheduled day off yesterday, but the National Predators did practice in Florida today ahead of their back-to-back against the Florida Panthers. And they apparently worked on a few things, <laughs> as we oh, all would know. They, it looked like the practice was over an hour long, too. So it was not just a simple little skate. It was, we have work to do type of practice, which is good. I mean, yeah. they're not, they're not going to get many of those. And obviously, when you have a day off beforehand, you're going to get pushed a little bit harder in the next day of practice. And I think everybody knows that. Um, but that's what they did going in. And so John Hines obviously faced questions concerning special teams, concerning penalties and discipline. And I know Matias Eckholm addressed things about discipline as well. And Roman Yossi, as uh, noted after the previous game, even took a lot of just pressure on him in saying that, yeah, he's got to be more disciplined as well. He took a bad penalty and he admitted it. And it's going to be curious to see because how do you as a coach or even as a player, what more can one do to say to yourself and in your, in your head, hey, stupid, stop doing that. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much when you're in the heat of the moment of a game. How do you how do you st- how do one stop taking more penalties? It's easy. Don't put yourself in a position to take those penalties. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, really? don't don't fall behind. Don't let a team outskate you. It's feels like the most fundamental discussion in the world because that's what this team is missing right now. It's either trying to be too fancy or just playing on their heels instead of playing on their toes and a player skates around them and your instinct immediately is, oh crap, I got to hold on to them and make sure they don't have a break or, oh, I got to get my stick in there. And you know, if you're turning on ice with a stick in your hand, your stick could go between his legs. You could trip him up. There's an easy tripping penalty. You could go to his hands and get that stupid hooking call. That shouldn't be a thing, but I mean, I guess that'll never change. But I mean, it's just going back to the basics. The best way to have a successful penalty kill is don't take a penalty. (laughs) And this team has a lot of struggles (laughs) with uh, taking penalties. That's, uh, yeah. (laughs) What, what What a curious way to put things. But on the other hand, there's also the power play. And the power play has looked stale at times. And that's one of those things, too, that needs to be addressed in terms of the, the it's set up it's there the coaching staff has put things there in place now how do the players execute because there's only so the, the coaching staff can't go on the ice the players have to be able to execute what they're supposed to be doing and know what they're supposed to be doing as well so i asked john hines about that i asked him there's only so much you can do as a coaching staff it looks like things are in place what do you do to encourage players to be more creative what do you do to encourage them to not be stagnant and stale on the power play and that's that's a I think that's a legit question because yeah you can only do so much it's like here here's the system 
set it up. You have to go be creative because players need to execute and they need to play. Right. At what they, point do you have a system change on the power play though? Well, true. No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're there yet. No, not yet. Because I think I like the one, three, one, because if you utilize the one, three, one, the way the one, three, one is supposed to be set up, it should work. It works. But they're not being creative enough and doing things east to west that they should be. But I want mm-hmm. to play John Hines' response to that question, and which, you know, I love it because he says, you know, you're right, Justin. <laughs> oh, my God. I think you have a great point. You know, it's – it's uh, you know, you make adaptations to your breakout. Sometimes you make adaptations to the players that are on the power play, the positionings and the hands. Sometimes it could be setups, but a lot of times it's – you know, power play is a funny thing sometimes because you could get, you know, it looked it. I thought it looked the first few games, maybe three or four games. It looked really threatening. And we had a lot of opportunities. And we were talking here that, you know, we, we believe if we stay with the process that we're doing, that the pucks will go in. And the power play, sometimes when it doesn't go in, then it all of a sudden becomes a little bit stale or robotic, whether guys don't change positions or everything's a little bit slower and it's a little bit more methodical. So, you know, we've talked about that. I thought we had a really good practice with it today where we we did it earlier in practice, fresher ice, spent about, you know, a good session of practice on breakouts and break-ins and, and playing and having more motion and quicker puck movement and all five players having to be a threat. And I think the last few games, it's it's been a little bit stale, but it's nice we've had an opportunity to be able to practice it now. And then, as you said, I think it does come down to sometimes execution and, and, and decisions in the moment. What a nice question. I, I'm, I'm good at anal- um, analyzing games, right? <laughs> you're the, that's why we do this podcast. <laughs> you're the smart one. I'm the yelly one. It's easy. No, don't even. <laughs> don't even. You know your stuff, too. Don't, don't even give me that. No. Yeah, don't give um, me that. There is one thing that jumps off the page to me during this whole thing. When he said the power play was threatening for the first couple of games, I think he's being nice, threatening a little a bit, bear. but they did have opportunities where people were like, yeah. Oh, okay. But now do you all remember, they got to do is score. Do you remember where the opportunities came from though? One power play unit. Well, yes, of course. But so now that's... here's what I like is the second power play unit actually looks like it has a bit of life compared to the second power play unit we saw previously. Tolvin and Duchesne, RV up front, Granlin at the back, and Fabro at the back as well. That yeah. is the perfect 1-3-1. Like, in terms of the kind of players you want on the ice. You have a playmaker, two lethal snipers, a guy who's not afraid to go near the front of the net, and you have a guy from the point who can shoot the puck. Yep. I, I love the second power play unit. Um, I do think it's a good question that you asked him. I'm quite happy with it because it leads to a good discussion. Um, he's right in terms of saying that it's stale and stale is kind of sugarcoating it because what he probably really wants to say (laughs) is God awful, terrible. Right. And I I went back and I looked at a few things over the last couple of days about this Preds power play compared to other teams around the league that I've seen. I'm more than just a pretty face sometimes. Um, Oh uh, oh, yeah. You, Uh, (laughs) my point is the predators on the power play, I feel like they have a lack of trust within one another in terms of you see teams, instead of making that east to west pass, like we saw Matt Duchesne do, they have no problems chipping the puck in and actually starting a cycle on the penalty kill because they know and they have the hockey sense to know that the weak side is over there. So let's send it behind the net. And then we have the one part of the three in your one, three, one will be able to go retrieve the puck. And then you start new. Then you start slinging the puck around your one, three, one turns into a one, 
two, two at times, and that's okay too, to get the puck moving on the back end to uh, morph it back into a one, three, one, we're getting really analytical and deep divey here, but that's the one thing I really noticed between the predators and other teams that are successful on the power play. It's not precise puck moving. It's not snapping the puck around all the time. It's sometimes having that loose puck in the corner, which leads to you having two guys in the corner against one of the opponents. And then you poke out and then the rest of your team is then able to get into an open spot while the other team puck watches, which is what the predators do on the penalty kill, which is not great, but it's just more trust in the system. And I think having a practice like Heinz did, he said he spent more time on it is essential into building that trust on special teams. Now we need to see, results from it oh it's gonna happen you can talk about it all you want i know now this is what we worked on it's like well and and especially especially if there's a five on three opportunity you've got to score dang it there's zero reason if there's zero reason that you if if you you have more than a minute yeah if you don't score on a five on three the momentum is swung so heavily towards the penalty killing team like it's not even close and they have enough power on this team that all you have to do and make it sound easy, I know. But really, all you have to do is some cross-ice passes because there's so much open ice and open lanes. Mm-hmm. Make the goaltender move, and you're going to have open shots. Bring the three players, the penalty killers, up to your blue line or force them to a side. Make sure the one is cleared out in front of the net and snap it across. That's when you just blow by whatever I just said about cycling the puck and trust. That's when you need the snappy passes. Just have people wide open, and you just bring the three PKers up towards the blue line a bit, or you shuffle them over to the end boards. It's just methodical, but I know like me saying this, Heinz knows all this. This is just me trying to portray it to the average fan who might not understand. I'm not trying to belittle you might not understand how a PK works is on the power play. You need to move those three guys out of position in order to get that really nice looking cross crease pass, which if you play any of the NHL games is a BS goal. There you have it. Analytics. Well, not analytics, just deep down. Oh, I've sneezed. I'm muting. (laughs) On that note, bless you. On that note, let's discuss what we want to see in the back-to-back series against Florida Panthers coming up with the National Predators. That's up next from the Lockdown Predators podcast. I'm Justin Bradford. He's Matt Best. Folks, you can head over to rockauto.com, and they have a ton of things for you. They don't have sneeze guards for me, which I could have used just then. I was scrambling for a Kleenex. I did get it. Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about. Do you call it Kleenex or tissues? I feel like we've had this discussion. Uh, I interchange. Yeah. Is it common to do either? I think it is very common to do that. Nice. Okay. Well, you can't buy Kleenexes at rockauto.com, but you can buy cleaning parts at rockauto.com. Is your truck or car full of boogers because you sneeze all over it? Head over to rockauto.com and you can get that figured out. Have you deteriorated your windshield because of sneeze boogers? You can go over, find your make and model. It's super easy on this website. Yes, that's right, a website. No more calling and trying to figure out what the heck you're talking about over the phone. You find your make, your model, a bunch of parts, even parts that you didn't know existed for your vehicle. You can go there, purchase them, delivered right to your front door. Super easy to do over at rockauto.com. What you got to do too, when they're all done, when you're all done, you go at the end and it says, how did you hear about us? Make sure you write locked on there. You can even say locked on. Justin and Matt sent us, send them a car, do something like that. I'll take a muffler. It doesn't a matter. To me. Send them a give care. us a, give us a car, a car, <laughs> a car, a car, a car. Go to rockauto.com for all your car parts. If only you could see the movement in his lips, folks, when he was doing that. Oh, 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 oh.
Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. And welcome back to the Lockdown Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best. We're not talking about cars. Car. We're talking Car. about the pre- predators. Car. The Car. predators. Predators. <laughs> National Predators taking on the Florida, the Florida, the Florida <laughs> Panthers. Yes. Florida Panthers uh, Thursday and Friday in sunrise. And this isn't one of those interesting litmus tests because now it goes Mm. back to the, okay, are they on par with the Florida Panthers or are they worse? Are they way better? Florida Panthers are five Oh and one on the season. Now, granted you look at their schedule, I'd see how it's fair for them to be five Oh and one so far in the season. So this is another good test too, because what they're going to have to go against as well the Predators are going to have to deal with a legit net front presence in Patrick Hornquist. Will yep. they be able to clear him out? He is tied for four. He's in a four-way tie for first in terms of points for the Florida Panthers at seven points. So you you have a guy like that that legit is a net front presence, used to play for the National Predators. So some of these guys are familiar, like what, two guys, three guys are familiar with Patrick Hornquist on this Yeah, team? there'll be a couple instances <laughs> of tummy swords at the center ice right. line, that's it. But this is one of those things where you know that he, what he's going to do, you know, the type of player Patrick Hornquist is, can they clear him out? Can they do that? That is one of my things to look for in this series is can they take care of Patrick Hornquist and what he typically does during games? It's not only going to be take care of Patrick Hornquist, but this team, I'm not going to say they're similar to the Dallas stars because I think the stars are a much better team than the Florida Panthers, but the Panthers have a few threats on this team that you have to be wary about. They do have the superstars on their team. Even if you don't want to call Alexander Barkov a superstar, or Jonathan Huberdeau one, they're superstars. They're excellent NHL players. They have Anthony Duclair, who they signed, who I know a lot of Preds fans wanted as well. Uh, yeah. I think the one thing the Panthers are really good at, though, is puck movement. That all starts at their uh, back end. They have guys on that back end who are very good at passing the puck around. You have guys like Keith Yandel, Mr. KY. You have guys like Aaron Ekblad. All these guys are just excellent at snapping the puck around their power play just visually looks very good because they're able to move the puck around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take penalties. Problem solved. Uh, When you have an up and coming star, like Owen Tippett on the third line too, who I believe is going to be one of the league's best goal scorers within due time. Panthers aren't a team to just think about like, yeah, they're not that great. It's a team where, this is a team that the predators have to beat because this team is also in contention for that third, fourth, fifth spot hanging out in the uh, division. The biggest thing here is what goaltender will the Florida Panthers start? And you see two listed with Chris Drager, and then you have Sergei Bobrovsky, but there's two parts of uh, Bob Cop. There's 
good Bob and there's horrible Bob. How do you get horrible Bob out? Shoot the freaking puck at him from every single place. I have seen him let in more softies than almost any goaltender in the NHL over the last couple of years. However, Bob shows up for these big highlight saves out of nowhere. So cross crease passes, he might save it. He has a good chance of saving them. Whereas a flutter puck from the blue line, good chance he might whiff on it completely and just go off his glove and in. I don't understand it with Bob. I don't understand why he is this kind of goalie. But this is a team where, similar to what we were saying with the Blackhawks, just just shoot the puck. Just get it in there. We saw scoring chances come out of it when shots are coming in from the blue line, hitting the end boards and popping out in front of the net. You never know what's going to happen unless you just, just shoot the puck. And that's how you're going to beat the Florida Panthers. And it sounds so elementary, but (laughs) this is a defense that they can take advantage of defensively, not offensively, because I mean, like I said, Ekblad and Yandel, great guys with the puck off the puck. Not so good. And they have big old goofy Gudas there too. Strawman solid. They, their decor is very evenly split between really good at offense, really good at defense no two ways pretty much between this whole team. Uh, like you said, litmus test. I'm excited to see how they perform. You got to come away with three points for me to consider this successful. I'm not looking for a 50, 50. It's got to be three points. I agree. You got to be on the right side of yep. 50 with this. And with it being a back to back like this as well, both goaltenders, most likely you're going to get a game. I can't imagine one playing both of these games as well. So another good test as well for both these goaltenders to see where they stand and how they come back from games that were, not necessarily the best for for them either. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be looking at that and then looking at how this Predators team, do they have any fight back in them? We saw glimpses of things. That's what we say all the time. There's glimpses. That third period, the first few minutes of the third period against Tampa. Holy crap. They, they looked like a hockey team. They, they looked, looked like, like a play. Like, that looked like playoff hockey. Yeah, they looked like they were, they were confident. They looked like they were doing the right things, and they looked like they had they had Tampa on their heels for a very brief moment in time. But that's what separates good teams from not good teams is how they respond to it, and Tampa responded and put it right back on them as well. Tampa is really good. Nashville has work to do on that. So what's their fight back here after having a very long practice as well? Florida knows, too, that they're still waiting for their first regulation loss as well. So they're wanting to try to keep that going, keep the rhythm going to be tops in the central. Nashville has to come in and play spoiler for them. And there's folks I know that want to overlook Florida still. This isn't the same old Florida team that was just easy to walk over. They have, like what Matt said, plenty of elements that make them dangerous. Their head coach has plenty of knowledge of the Nashville Predators team. He's He's pretty darn pretty darn good. And plenty of knowledge of the Nashville Predators team from being in the division before for multiple years. So he's going to have them very well prepared to face Nashville. That's why I say litmus test, because again, if they come out of the Florida series with, I'd say one point or less, then that is very concerning. Very, very concerning. If they, if they split the series and it's two points, then it's like, okay, they really are kind of battling for that five, six spot instead of four or five spot the way I'm looking at it right now, if they come out of there with three, then I still think they're right. What we said in the last show, they are who we thought they were, which is battling for four or five and a strict yeah. bubble team and going to be a little streaky, which is what you can expect in a season like this and out of the team that that's made up the way it is. So that's where I kind of place it on the points they come out of the series with, especially in a back-to-back. And then they have to face Tampa again next week at home. <laughs> so in two weeks they are facing Tampa four times. 
half the season series is going to be done in the first month of the season. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I completely forgot about facing Tampa after this. Yo, yeah, I'm sorry. trying to block it ahead. That, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to block that team out right now, even though I did wear a Tampa hat on the last show. It's just a bad, an average, no, a 25% <laughs> capacity Tampa Bay Lightning team it's still a good Tampa Bay Lightning team. And I did think about me saying three points on this trip. You need three points. I'll take two points if you battle for 60 minutes. I'll be okay with that. If a couple bounces don't go your way, I'll take two points. Whatever. Sure. I won't take... I'd rather take two points. This is going to sound absurd. I'd rather take two points in a full, like, two games worth of battling than three points in seeing 50% of battling. Because okay. then it's just puck luck. That to me is a literal puck luck. That's fair. That's fair. I, I just want to see fight, more fight, not literal fighting, even though it's There's super cool. And I love fighting. Yeah, just go after the pucks in the corners. Don't give up on the dump and chase. And I know a lot of fans are like, well, the dump and chase doesn't work. It doesn't work if you don't do it effectively. It's not a hard strategy. Cycling the puck is not a very hard thing to do. It's just you got to freaking do it. If you don't do it, it doesn't work. It's like if you need to eat and you're hungry and you don't put the fork in your mouth, it's not going to work can't just look at the food and be like, hey, I'm not hungry anymore. Put the damn food in your mouth, cycle the damn puck, and results will come. It doesn't work if you only take a dump like what Matt had in his trunk. I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, why are we talking about poop on the podcast now? <laughs> it's your diaper. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that was a close one. <laughs> Rock on over. Vroom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Up next, because it was an off day, let's have a filler conversation. That <laughs> straight, up call it, straight up call it that. The top three arenas that we'd like to visit, because I'm thinking about travel. I can't wait to get the vaccine so I can feel just a little bit better about it. And I'm going to have so many points and dollars just sitting in airlines because they won't freaking refund me that I'm going to have to travel when I'm able to. So yeah. let's discuss our top three arenas we need to visit in the NHL. Up next, Locked on Predators podcast. I'm Justin Bradford. He's Matt Best. And folks, if you're betting on the Predators to bounce back against the Florida Panthers, there's one spot you need to place those bets, and that's not messaging me and going, I'll give you 20 American dollars for 50 Canadian dollars. It's going to betonline.ag and using promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. What you can do, you sign up. It's a complete free account. There is no hidden fees, no nothing like that. What you deposit is what you get. And 50% as well. So you throw 100 bucks in, they give you an extra 50 to go play with. You can bet on football. The Super Bowl is coming up. Go Chiefs. College football is still going on. You got basketball as well. There's a ton of stuff you can bet on. If you don't know what you're doing, you can either reach out to me at Best of Matt or Justin or over at BetOnline underscore AG on uh, social media, and they can help you out as well. If you need some tips, some advice, yes, I will help you out. If you want me to spoon feed you who to bet, no, I will not help you out. I will help you grow. I will help you learn how to bet. Bet online AG is the best place to do it. Promo code locked on. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best. He's getting a little stern in those live reads sometimes. Uh, what? I'm almost a little I'm hungry. Concerned. I'm a little cranky. He's a little cranky. He's drinking his Dr. Pepper. He's wearing an old school North Stars hat this time. 
uh, and also has my book in his background. I do. I do. And I uh, completely forgot that you wrote something in it to me. Oh, God. What did I write? To my half Filipino bro. F you. I'm kidding. That's not what you wrote. <laughs> I would have believed this was, it. This was so this was like when you and I first started talking to each other. This was years ago. Mm-hmm. You said to my half Filipino bro. Thanks for the support. And I'm glad you're part of the crew. And then you signed it. Dude, your handwriting is uh, awful. Tough. I know. It's like it's I'm why am I showing you your own handwriting? I know what's awful. But yeah, I, I like I was telling Justin before the show. Yeah, if you didn't know Justin's an author, and this is an incredible book, even if you're a lifelong fan of the Preds or just getting into the Predators, incredible book. Um, yeah, I uh, I moved back from one of my apartments to where I'm at now, and I was trying to dress up my studio a bit, and I was like, I need more Predator stuff around so people don't think I'm this phony, other than just having the words Preds up on a little light board. Phony, you're a big phony. No one's called me on that yet, which is nice. I'm waiting because that's you're all not. You, off. you watch the games, and that's what people care about, is if you're watching the games and actually taking part in it. Yeah, I mean, I watch, I've watched every single game so far. Yeah. The only time I'll ever miss one is if I'm sick. And, you know, working at home, please it's please pretty tough sick. to be sick. But yeah, um, did you say please get sick? I said please don't. Oh, I was like, what are you putting on me? Jeez, I'm not putting anything on you, Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Oh, I made a graphic today for one of my other jobs with Ricky Bobby as the uh, best player to use. Um, (laughs) I have fun when I make mock graphics. I don't know where I was going. Buy Justin's book. It's fantastic. This is now an ad read. Um, It's easily (laughs) digestible. There's a lot of stories. It's a fun book to read. Um, And pictures. Lots of pictures. And pictures. Yeah, because I like pictures in my books. It's nice. And the pages aren't like those terrible crappy pages either which goes a long way for me it's like nice paper and <laughs> it's it's nice i i think i've read this thank book you. three times through thank you thank thank you for doing that I too bad you don't that. get paid per read but yeah yeah no no kidding also it's an ebook too by the it way is, it is an ebook there's also a hard back version of it and if you're in the nashville area i do know that it's available the nashville public library you can borrow the book you can borrow the e-version or the actual physical Buy version it. as well I'd appreciate it if you buy it, but I just appreciate people reading it and interacting with me on it. And if you can find the six typos in the book, I'll give you an air high five or just some digital congratulations because there are six typos. But the book is called Nashville Predators, The Making of Smashville by Justin B. Bradford. The B stands for (gasps) business. Business. (laughs) So Uh, yeah, get it in you. And the foreword is by Pete Weber, the one and only Pete Weber. Mm -hmm. So, all right. My, my, My favorite part though, is the forward or your little preamble in the beginning oh. to all of you surprised that a half Asian with the last name Bradford wrote a hockey book. Hi. That's like <laughs> some of the best writing I've seen. Thank you. I wanted to have fun with it. This was my personality. Okay. Well, Matt, uh, the top three arenas for both of us that we want to visit. I know we've all been to, we've both been to different arenas and everything, but there's still some on my list mm-hmm. that I want to make sure I visit. And it'd be great to be able to do that maybe within the next year, two years, because I'm going to have, money to use on certain airlines because they won't refund me. <laughs> uh, so I need to go to Canada uh, to do that. So for what's but no particular order. Cause I'd hate to have to rank it here because that's really difficult to do. But do you, what are your, what's your first one you want to include? Uh, I need to go to T-Mobile arena. I'll put that number one. Oh, you haven't been there yet. I haven't been to, I've never been to Vegas. Oh, I've never been oh. to a game in Vegas. Obviously the golden Knights. I love 
love love that team i love their merch i love their players i love how gritty they are i love their story everything about the golden knights i love i like, i root for them secretly not so secretly the arena is brand new like four years old so i'm always down to go try new places um yeah vegas is number one also because i just want to go rip up vegas for a bit <laughs> All right, that's fair. So on my list, first one I want to include is the Bell Center. Oh, go, go, go. And I want to, I cannot, I want to go to experience a game. And because they always, all the Predators, Ops, and media people always talk about getting a hot dog at that arena. There is something about hot dogs at Canadian arenas that are just in a league of their own. I mean, when Brian Burke was the GM of the Leafs, they had Berkey's dogs as a hot dog place. And you can have like 30 different kinds of gourmet foot long oh hot dogs. Gosh. It was incredible as a kid, like growing up around Toronto and being fortunate enough to go see a lot of games. Yeah. But the bell center, it's my favorite Canadian arena. And okay. I like to think that I cheer for the Leafs sometimes. And that was a really <laughs> hard sentence for me to say. Uh, okay next one the next one i want to go to this is tough because there's a bunch where i'm like yeah i want to go there i want to go there and the one i want to go to and this is another one where i just want to go and see a lot of the city as well i want to go to gila river arena i want to go to arizona a lot of me wants to go to arizona to a watch hockey there soak in what is one of the most up-and-coming cities and golf I want to golf really You'll be bad. pretty far from the city, though, just so you know. Remember. Oh, that. I know, I know. But I just want, <laughs> like, I want to be around that area kind of thing. Uh, that, that one is sense. up there on my list. I, I, I just want to go to Arizona. I've heard everything is cheaper in Arizona. And I can get an Airbnb there with a <laughs> fast pool and a hot tub for cheap with a few buddies. Like, that's that's my kind of trip. This is, just what, this is just what gets me, though, about these non-traditional market teams. And, and they say this because... I want hockey to succeed wherever they try to put it. So I'm saying this with love because I care. Nashville really lucked out where they put the arena in downtown. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful place to start because you get people excited, whether they're before or after the game, they have something to do. They're right in the hustle and bustle of the city. Arizona and Florida to the, and Ottawa, some of the worst locations when it comes to arenas because in florida in sunrise you have it on the literal edge of the everglades (laughs) on the edge of the everglades so you can't go on one side of the arena it is the everglades when i say literal it is literal the edge of the everglades and then you have the big mall on the other side that's it there when you exit the arena it is the parking lot same thing with carolina carolina i think before is at least allowed tailgating which would make sense. But even then, it's just out there. There's there's no hustle and bustle after the games and everything like that. Carolina seems to be doing fine, though, too. But again, I want this because the experience is everything when it comes to hockey. It's the experience. Arizona, literal edge of the desert. Yes, they have I've never have been the... to a desert either, so I kind of oh, want to experience that. Dear God. Uh, <laughs> so I'm Canadian. I get the opposite. In Arizona, at least they have the mall, their shopping, restaurants, things like that. At least it's part of a complex but other than that, there's nothing around. It's very far from downtown. That makes a little more sense. At least they built up shopping and entertainment around there. That helps a lot. But mm-hmm. Florida, Ottawa, uh, no. compared to city center. I have a problem with Ottawa. Well, I everybody school, has a problem yeah, with Ottawa. I, I went to school in Ottawa for a year. 
And if you, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to so many Sens games. It's so cheap. The team sucks. And even the year where they made it to the conference finals, I got in there 300 level for 60 bucks. Um, yeah, but I went to one game a year because the bus ride out there, even if you had your own car, is a literal nightmare. In and out of, uh, it's in Canada. It's the worst. Like it's it's, it's just bottleneck. And if you take the bus and you're a drunk student and the bus doesn't pull over if you really got to pee and everyone's got to pee on that bus and a lot of people on that bus decide to smoke on the bus for some reason, it's a terrible experience. Ottawa's arena, sorry. too, is the worst arena I've ever been to in pro sports. I'm so sorry. Legitimately, it's a concrete piss hole. <laughs> okay. Next one on my list <laughs> would be... Uh, <laughs> Before get- <laughs> before it goes away would be Nassau Coliseum. Mm, that's historic. I like that one. Well, I haven't I, been there. I want to experience that. I want to experience that. And just, just to experience it. I know they have new things coming, but just experience a game there, I think it'd be pretty awesome and phenomenal. And I don't even care about like the media landscape. There's plenty of arenas I could talk about that have like great media relations and, and setups in the press box and food and everything, but just experience a game there, I think it'd be pretty fun. Do you have you been? Did you go to Joe Louis? I don't know why I struggled with that sentence. Joe Louis? Joe, yeah, sorry. I had a Joe Louis today. <laughs> oh, God. No, unfortunately Dude, not. Wait, be- do you know what a Joe Louis is? No. Oh, they're little chocolate cakes that are just delicious. They're like the little, De- do you know what little Debbie cakes are? Yeah, yes, of course. Dude, I don't know the differences between our countries anymore. They're American. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's like the little. Oh, they're like half moon cakes and they're called Joe Louis. I and really think that if Matt oh. didn't have some sort of metabolism, he'd be fatter than me. Dude, my metabolism's used to be so good and now it's just Yeah, but I mean we're he, catching up, Chubby. Like he, that's he, what I tell myself all the time. Oh dear God. Okay. So, <laughs> so now I need to try Joe Louis. Anyways, what's what's number three for you? Oh right, I still have one more. Uh yeah, yeah, good job. Number three for me. I want to see a hockey game at the Staples Center. I've seen basketball there. Okay. I was lucky enough to go see Kobe play back when RIP Kobe. Um, it's a phenomenal building. That little area in LA, like right downtown, that's like downtown LA is what it's called, or it's called something else. I know me saying downtown LA, but there's like a cute little name for it. Um, I've seen League of Legends play there. It's incredible. I just want to see hockey there. That and MSG. I need another crack at MSG. I'm letting those be tied there. I went to MSG for a basketball game once. I don't remember it (laughs) at all. It was when there was a huge snowstorm in New York and our flight got canceled the day after. Oh, I wouldn't have been able to board the flight that day anyways. So it was pretty lucky. Um, That was old Matt. I'm an adult now, by the way. I do adult things. I pay bills. You are, huh? Um, yeah, Staples Center and MSG are like my tide for, I had to get it on the list. How about you? Well, I've, first of all, I want to address this in Joe Lewis arena. I was able to see when I was three years old, so this would be 1986 or 87. (laughs) I saw the Disney ice capades there. The hell is that? The Disney ice capades is like a Disney. We have like Disney, we have like Disney on ice. Yes. Yes. That's what it was. Oh, uh, that's just what old people called it i hate you so much <laughs> i didn't want to so say much. it yeah oh yeah you didn't want to say it my ass you're not old then i also saw and also saw monster trucks but i never got to see a hockey game at joe lewis 
we got to see monster trucks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, and then at MSG, I was able to see Billy Joel in concert there. Oh, that kicks ass. That wins. I know, but I haven't seen a hockey game. So number three for me, this is tough. And I don't want to cop out and say Climate Pledge Arena because it's not in existence yet. Because mm-hmm. that would be my next one. Is I love going to the new arena, see what they have. So I'm going to say Little Caesars. Um, oh, because I've heard so many great things about the experience there because how you walk in and all the history yeah. that is shown there and how it is like a mini mall and everything too. Mm-hmm. I've heard great things just about the experience there too. So that would be the third one for me. Those are the, those are the three arenas I want to get to. Um, Climate Pledge is obviously going to be up there. I've been to Vegas. I love love Vegas's press box. Oh my I goodness, hate you. Their That's the box. one like, I know you said don't rank them, but Vegas is number one for me. And uh, Chicago has awesome food in their press box. Historic too. Fantastic. Yeah, it is really cool experience there. Uh, ben, we, we'll do that another episode in terms of like games I've covered and mm-hmm. unique media experiences there too, because it's always kind of neat. Because Bridgestone, for folks that don't know, is very unique that they don't have a real press box right now. It was in the plans pre-COVID for them to build two press boxes, one on either side of the arena so they'd have auxiliary because the Stanley Cup final was very unique. And we'll talk about that some other time too. But it's they were sections and they took seats out and then kind of built press box into it. So you're right there with the fans at Bridgestone it's Arena. Cool. Yeah, it, it's cool unless you have drunk fans uh, that try to come sit in the press box with you. <laughs> Um, that's annoying that is that that. is annoying but it's a unique experience because you're right in there with it it's not separate there's there's pros and there's cons to it but it's a very unique experience in the press box at bridgestone arena so let's let's make that a segment in another episode yeah that'd be fun unique media experiences and like how we can tie them in i will say this though the um little caesars the staff i've been to a lot of arenas and stadiums for baseball basketball etc etc they have the nicest staff i've ever encountered that's really good it, to know. Like they are just fantastic human beings. Uh, just we'll do anything for you, basically. And if you have like a friend who needs special accommodations, they make sure to like bend over backwards for you. So huge shout out to them. Their staff is phenomenal. Plus, it's brand new and really cool. And I'm a fat kid and I love eating pizza. Dear God, dude, I love pizza <laughs> from Arena Stadium. Pizza is phenomenal. Okay, well, very good to know. I'm not. So- so, all right, folks. Well, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll have more post-game coverage for you on Locked on Predators. Make sure you follow him at Best of Matt on Twitter. I'm at Justin B. Bradford. You can always interact with us at LO underscore Predators as well. And on Facebook, follow us for all those things like that. We'll make sure to do little teaser videos as well because those are always fun. And we think you're getting some great entertainment out of that. As I well. love the memes. Love the memes. Keep it up. Keep it up. Kyle, I know you have one ready for it already. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in, folks. I'm Justin Bradford. He's at Best. Thanks to the Lockdown Predators. Gil Martin here, host of the Lockdown NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Lockdown NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.